0: Welcome to Storyboard, I'm Lars. I'm Meg. We reappraise overlooked films and TV and pitch stories that the world doesn't even know it needs. We're finally dedicating an episode to scams. We'll lure you in by discussing our favorite scam subcategories. Everything will go according to plan as we cover a few notable scam films we found along the way, then we'll pull a bait and switch by pitching an original story idea, and then in a final twist, chat about what other items have been on our radar. Pull up a chair, baby. All right, Meg. What is a scam? <laughs> Sorry,
1: <laughs>
0: I did ask myself that question.
1: Yeah, um, because I the boundaries were like oscillating. It was like yeah. everything, like capitalism is a scam, but yeah. then also mm-hmm. I was like, okay, but then nothing is like everything's a scam or nothing is a scam, yeah. and I found my my brain just like boo, ricocheting off. Yeah, oscillate is
0: good. It was like it was everything, and then it was nothing, and then I think I finally found it. Um, yeah. So I was like, I did not look this up in the dictionary, but I'm like, okay, scams basically. Uh, deception for personal gain right at the end of the day yeah. so i had to like land on that so i could just focus um and appreciate the films yeah. um so i thought maybe uh we could run through some of the subcategories of scams like so some of the the or at least that that was my process yeah and so uh, i just had to like um, make a list so i could kind of go from there with like genres of films so of course the first thing i thought it was like Um, what was it called? Like the grifters, you know, I was like Mm -hmm. classic con men confidence games, um, sort of catch me if you can. Uh, I'm really mad. I've already talked about chameleon street. Um, like our first episode, I was like, Oh, that's literally perfect. Um, then romance scams and like gaslighting, uh, Ponzi schemes, pyramid schemes, Kind of could get into like wellness gurus, you know, sort yeah the
1: cult, even, you know. That I tried to actually look for some of those, but I just didn't quite land on something because that feels like the biggest scammiest thing right now. That's
0: definitely the the hot name scam. Yeah, the hot name, <laughs> the scam. hot new scam, <laughs> um, and then just like forgers, counter counterfeiters fake merchandise i guess F, F um, for
1: fake kind of oh, like yeah. i mean that's like a great movie about scam obviously a famous movie about
0: yeah and like yeah. art forgery or whatever um and then just like internet and phone phone scams like i guess like more technology-based scams phishing or whatever i don't know oh your um, deepest fear the dark web <laughs> oh my god don't even um uh, so we get heists, which I was like,
1: no, <laughs> I was just like, uh, <gasps> I wondered about that because I was like, oh, that almost is like its own thing. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind like of, you stand-alone. said it could be its own standalone Cause the only
0: scam usually is like, if there's an inside man, I guess, because yeah. really it's just like guys doing their job, stealing stuff. I don't know. Right. Um, and then I guess like government cover-up conspiracy or like corporate, you know, sort of uh, cover up a cover-up and conspiracy and like general
1: spies. The which war again, in it's Afghanistan. It's a oh, big God. scam. It's just yeah. one big scam. It's just yeah. one big transfer to military contractors. Sorry, yeah. this is not some, it's not my politics <laughs> podcast, but that's a yeah. scam. That's a, yeah. Hey, that's a famous scam. So really,
0: I mean, it's huge. There's a lot, there's a lot of scams out there. Most things are scams, I think is what we're finding out.
1: (laughs) But it does, it's true that like my first thought was um, Ostap Bender, who is like the kind of famous confidence man that um, Ilfin Petrov developed in uh, the Soviet Union and like the early part of the Soviet Union. So I think I've actually already covered the 12 chairs, but like that type Mm. of, it's like you said, it's like for personal gain. Like I really did focus on, this mm-hmm. person who's like enriching themselves. Yeah. Um, Well, do you want to get into your
0: first oh, one?
1: Yeah. Or I, sure. Or did you have
0: more of a process? Or there's a more process? But so- I more of a
1: process. No, I kind of like I said, I ricocheted and I wildly was like, no, you know, <laughs> everything is a scam. <laughs> a one yeah. big scam. Yeah. Um, but I guess I will go. I don't know if there's like an easy starting point here but i guess i'll just go chronologically so that's my first one that i picked this is a in the words of our friend hannah this is a strange (laughs) little stinker of a movie (laughs) oh my god (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's rosalie goes shopping from 1989 the director is percy adlon who did um he directed baghdad cafe which i think is kind of well known yeah um, that's like his only really well-known film, and essentially it's about uh, a German immigrant named Rosalie who has moved to somewhere in the south. I actually can't remember <laughs> where it is. Sorry, <laughs> I'm not offended. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe. And she's married. Uh, she's married a local. So I think they met when he was in the military, but he like now dusts crops uh-huh. and her big thing is that she loves shopping. Like she freaking loves to shop. <laughs> and so she has like, um, like a hundred thousand dollars in credit card debt. Oh, and so like, everything is her, like kind of building up this like web of like, you know, what is it like robbing from Peter to pay Paul or whatever? There's some, something, Peter Paul and Mary, I don't, and don't know, Peter something to, yeah. like that. <laughs> Peter, Peter, Paul and Mary. It's it's like a
0: there's some Peter, Paul and Mary in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'm already stressed out. <laughs> you know
1: me. I'm like, oh my God. But it's very, how do I put this? It is It is like a very strange, I feel like it, it's a tone of like a kind of odd 80s, like quirky type movie mm-hmm. that could be like a almost like a cult movie. It's a comedy. Uh-huh. It's a very zany vibe. Um, the whole thing about her is that she then like develops this scam to, like it's looking pretty bleak because she's like really in debt but she develops a scam to like scam this bank into like giving them like a huge loan to start this other business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the whole thing is like, Oh, well, when you go a hundred thousand dollars in debt, it's your problem. <laughs> but when you're a million dollars in debt, it's the bank's problem. And oh, so she okay. like, it's kind of interesting to like, scam the scammers type of yeah, situation.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: it. But it's yeah, it's like the tone is like odd. There's even like music that was written for the soundtrack. Like there's a soundtrack like about like the song, a song called like, oh Rosalie, she's she's Miguel. Very strange. Wow. Um the interiors are very au courant, you might say. Mm. Like it's that very 80s um dreamlike, lots of pastels kind of vibe. But it's I mean, it's odd. Uh Judge Reinhold is in it as the priest who's trying to convince rosalie not to scam so much as in jed reinhold from um yeah fast times
0: yeah i think i was gonna say i think he's actually either from arkansas or he definitely lived there when i lived there because he would go to the same like cafe or whatever his name and it was huge it was like our only celebrity um and besides like ted danson and mary steenburgen (laughs) like Ooh, anyway that's pretty good so, hey, that's so you know there's a couple of yeah i mean i never went to the galas there or anything so i didn't really see them but um but yeah judge R- so i'm just saying maybe it
1: is arkansas yeah maybe anyway. i do think it is it's like maybe in that kind of my recollection is somewhere like the texarkana zone oh okay yeah and actually um john hawks is in it as one of the children oh. uh, okay. one of Ro- i believe one of rosalie's children he was never uh, a child though so how is that possible he's always he's been like, like um <laughs> there's some adult children and there's some like teen children okay but it's still that's crazy it's it's an interesting one because i don't know to me it's emblematic of like we are a country of scammers like if Mm -hmm. you so this idea of this um german immigrant who comes and is like oh well america is all about credit cards and like getting ahead and like I'll just, it's easy. I'll just keep borrowing money and I'll borrow so much. I'll become, you know, an LLC and I'll just, I'll just make it work. And that's the way so many people kind of, I mean, despicable people get ahead, but she's, it's hard to pin down tonally. I think people should, it's worth watching. Like it's on Tubi. It's worth a watch just to be like, what am I looking at here? Because there's a whole, there's a whole other, I don't even know if it's a genre. It's like amorphous from eighties, late eighties, early nineties, where I don't know what they're going for and it's, they're trying mm-hmm. for that kind of oddball humor, but it's not wacky enough to have really broken through yeah. and it just ends up being yeah left behind. That's interesting. Anyway.
0: Well, that um, that's a perfect segue into the exact vibe of, um, I was going to save this one for last, but I'll go ahead and talk about it since it sounds very similar. Um, the gun in Betty Lou's handbag, which I have talked about on radar, like, Ages ago, um, finally watched it. Uh, so it's 1992, directed by Alan Moyle. Um, so let's see. It starts. It's kind of confusing because it starts with Stanley Tucci um, with like frankly too much hair. Like he needs to be bald. <laughs> like he needs to be this age and bald. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so he's in a cheap motel room, about to have a sexual liaison with the wife of a rich card dealer guy or whatever. That's like his boss. Okay. So then, so I'm I'm only saying this to set up that like, uh, this is not a spoiler. So she leaves. Tucci is shot by an unseen shooter. And then we cut to small town librarian, Betty Lou, played by Penelope Ann Miller, a powerhouse. (laughs) Just kidding. She's kind of, she's fine. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Hot take. She's got this like humdrum marriage to a young uh, homicide detective that is on that case. She uh, is like just out walking randomly finds a gun, and she's like, "Oh my god, this is important! I gotta like turn this into the police." And like no one will listen to her because she's just like a mousy, sweet, like "Oh, I'm Betty Lou," you know. Um, and so no one will listen to her. She feels invisible, so she's like, "Well, here's the gun because I I killed him." She confesses to the murder, and she's basically like she just basically confesses to murder for the attention i guess (laughs) um and just to kind of shake up her boring life a la an 80s 90s you know wacky movie like we're talking about and of course like no one at first believes her um but there's also occasionally cut to like this big city gangster i can't remember if it's in like new orleans or whatever and he is trying to because he might be involved with it he's like trying to kind of set her up for it so he kind of like I don't know if plants evidence is the right word, but you know, kind of anyways. So then some evidence comes to light and she's like, they're like, okay, well now we do think you did it. And she's like, Oh shit. Um, And there's like, there starts to be a trial, but yet she's still like let out on bail to go to like this, like library party. Anyway, it's obviously ridiculous.
1: If there's one thing
0: I can say libraries (laughs) are parties, your cocktail parties, right? (laughs) That's right. Um, So obviously um, could be viewed through the lens of, um, like sheltered white woman has like a a cutesy quasi safe holiday from her life by um, throwing herself like under the wheels of the justice system. Like no, no fears of detention or, you know, any repercussions Um, or, you know, if you're going to be really generous, (laughs) could be viewed as a a feminist romp um, about a woman who feels invisible, going to exaggerated lengths to prove to the world that I guess women have enough agency and grit to be capable of murder. <laughs> oh my God. I hey, we can do it Lean too, in, fellas. <laughs> Women can kill too. Um, so yeah, again, classic 90s uh, movie about like quirky small towns, um, which, you know, as we're kind of saying, like, I got a love hate relationship with, I mean, sometimes yeah. they're fun, but sometimes I'm like, yeah, what tone is this? Um, yeah. But it did have an incredible cast of, an um, like, incredible cast in like cameos, like, so there's Stanley Tucci, um, Alfrey Woodard as her lawyer, uh, Julianne Moore as her kooky sister, like really playing a different kind of role that I've ever seen her in. I guess it was like a really early role for her, 92. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so Ray McKinnon, who is just uh, speaking of like Arkansas actors, um, he uh, was the partner of the husband um, uh, Meatloaf and Catherine Keener for like a second are in it. It's kind of, I don't know, it seems like a friend, Wait. friend of director's <laughs> kind of thing. Like they were like, it doesn't even matter. But they were only in it for like one scene, and they barely spoke. And I was like, again, I was like, well, maybe ninety two. I don't know if the directors. Strange. I don't know. Maybe they're just friends of director. um But yeah, speaking of director, uh, also directed Empire Records, Pump Up the Volume, and mm. Times Square. And this is neither here nor there, but I will just say now that Penelope Ann Miller in this movie she has like reddish brown hair or something but when she has blonde hair like she usually does I do I have in the past confused her with uh Naomi Watts at times like mm. very just slightly I mean barely you know um but anyway that's all let's just we've talked about our uh what is it Tom Hiddleston um uh, Michael yeah. Fassbender My, confusion. yeah you're like what wait Who? give me a yeah um anyway so is it a scam I mean yeah she's I mean, isn't maybe personal gain, it's more like a street cred, I guess, or excitement right. or for people to finally notice her. So I think that, I mean, especially in the modern day, like a lot of internet related scams, like catfishing type things, it's like, yeah, they're not really gaining anything except just this personal enjoyment, whatever feeling, whether it's, right, you know, through this sort of psychopathy of, or whatever. But yeah, it's more of like a personal gain from like, this is exciting uh, you know, shaking up my life kind
1: of thing. So yeah, it's going to visible to somebody being perceived by somebody maybe. Yeah. Um, I think but, I've yeah. seen it on like, I think I remember it honestly when I was a kid on like TBS or something, but I <laughs> yeah, don't probably. have a firm grasp. I'm like, Whoa, Stanley Tucci. Woo, the yeah.
0: Um, yeah. It's uh far too brief of a, of a cameo. Um, and I think I really had to kind of go down a, clandestine rabbit hole mm. i don't think it's really readily available but maybe your local library uh yeah, you know right. kind of figure out a little situation there
1: request that vhs potentially yeah exactly no transition <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, the next one i picked is and honestly i'm like i don't know how to say this because french is not one of the languages i've ever taken uh hospitality hospitality probably a silent h so hospitality or something like that hospitalite? <laughs> okay yeah, well like that. anyway hospitality but it's a japanese movie the director is koji fukata and it is from 2010 it is a black comedy um so essentially it's like this printer and his wife live this kind of boring life where they live above their shop and he's in his neighborhood at one point and this guy comes up to him and is like, Oh, so-and-so we were in class together. Like we know each other or actually maybe it's that I have to, t- I have to take a step back. It's been a little bit. What? Us. I think he's putting up posters for his daughter's escaped pet. And the guy actually is like, Oh, I recognize your name. It's something like that where he comes up yeah. to him and he's like, Oh, we know each other. Mm-hmm which seems like such a good scam to do, to be like, oh, we remember each other from the past. And the other person is kind of a little too polite to say, no, (laughs) I don't know who you are. And so this guy just um, essentially is like, oh, can like basically weasels his way into a job and then ends up moving in with them and kind of takes over their lives. in this way that is alternately distressing because there's some really messed up stuff, but then also- It's interesting. It's funny. And it's interesting the direction it takes with the couple and how they handle this interloper in their life who they realize at a certain point is just Mm -hmm. um, a full scammer because he is bold, like, bold. (laughs) I mean, he's just like, I'm like running the print shop. I'm like making hiring decisions for your print shop. I'm I'm, (gasps) I'm doing a whole thing. I'm moving my, my wife in that I never told you about. I mean, it's just like, it's really wild. It definitely, like, I think I read a review that said that it's sort of a commentary on um, Japanese xenophobia because the wife is like a European um, immigrant. And then there's this whole, I don't want to spoil it, but there's an interest. It's, it's, I (laughs) recommend this one. I like this one a lot. Yeah. He also directed uh, Harmonium which is kind of like, a almost a similar movie about, um, someone being hired and like meddling in a life. And then a girl missing from 2019, which I still, am not sure what I think about, (laughs) but, um, uh, hospitality is on canopy. So why not give it a try if you have canopy access? Yeah. I don't want to spoil anything else about it, but it's, it's fascinating. It's I don't usually like where it's like the stressful, like this, like mm-hmm. weirdo takes over your life kind of yeah. stories, but it took it in a really interesting direction that I kind of liked.
0: I really like that kind of, yeah, I was like, is that its like own sub subcategory of scammer? Because something about taking over a life, it reminds me, I was like, a couple of things are coming to mind. There's a podcast called The Shrink Next Door which again I mean I don't want to spoil things for people but similar circumstances but this happened in real life I think oh, it's going to be a series I listened to that one yeah yeah, yeah. um which I don't remember real little detail but it's it's pretty good and then like Borgman which had more of a supernatural vibe but it's like a would that be Norwegian or Swedish maybe um, where, and I think that's more of like a presence, like a, a supernatural kind of evil. Um, and then oh, there's something else. Um, oh yeah. And this, um, I've mentioned several, I mean, like probably a year or two ago, um, before the, um, Michelin web series called back, which is, I hate when a title is like ungoogleable. I don't know. It's like right. back series. It's like, what anyway, it's from, uh, I don't know, a few years ago. And it's like where I can only think of him as Jez, but where Robert Webb comes into the life of David Mitchell and his family. They're in this like small town. They run a pub, but it's really cute and British. And he comes in. He's like, and I can't even remember the gist of it, but it's like, hey, either I'm your like long lost, you know, relative or something like that. And then, of course, David Mitchell's the only one that's like questioning this. Yeah. And anyway, so, yeah, um, I love that as a theme. That's very interesting. I'm sure there's a million more like better we esoteric examples
1: things, even recently. And of course that, that's not occurring to me, but it is like yeah. a recurring theme where the person's like, Oh, we know each other. And you're like, yeah.
0: no, I'm sure there's a lot of really obvious examples I'm missing, but that's just what came to mind at first. Yeah. Um, I'll definitely check that out. It's
1: a good scam yeah. because I personally yeah. actually oh. struggle to remember people. And so uh, I guess I'm adding myself here, but I rely a lot on context and and just like tell me basically like who somebody is. So it would be really easy to be like, Oh, we worked together. And I'd be like, okay. (laughs) we
0: met through so-and-so. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, well, especially nowadays, but I'm just saying, um, it doesn't take much for me to completely disassociate, um, and, and forget people I actually know. So someone could definitely convince me like, (laughs) yeah, you just forgot. (laughs) Sweetheart, so like, I need, you
1: know. i'm your apprentice i live in your studio space you're <laughs> yeah, like,
0: sure yeah. i need to take over your business right. uh, yeah well uh, maybe i don't know if there's a really transition but <laughs> my next uh pick uh special effects from uh 1984 directed by larry cohen I think we did a a movies about movies theme a while back. And so um, this would have been a spot on uh, addition for that. It's one of those. sometimes I'm like, should I save this movie in case we revisit a theme? Sorry, (laughs) it doesn't matter. Um, Yes. So this was like a deliciously sleazy De Palma-esque movie. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a direct, a movie director played by Eric Bogosian of Uncut Gems and Succession, who like, I feel like I, what's it called where it's like, recency illusion or frequency illusion where i was not aware of his existence and then all of a sudden i feel like i see him everywhere And like a good yeah. i like him um because like i was just watching well i guess this i was like there was a movie i watched i was like yeah it was this <laughs> anyway there was another one though um I'm trying to think, of talk radio or something which oh, I saw great. him in something recently too actually yeah he's actually got such really a great, great. like voice for radio so when i saw him in talk radio i was like this makes a lot of sense Perfect, like, yeah um not a great film anyways but uh yeah back to this special effects um so okay got a film director played by eric bogosian um i think that's how you say his name um who uh, murders this desperate wannabe actress played by zoe lund from abel ferrera's um Ms. 45 um so he this desperate actress like comes to his door and he you know they're kind of getting amorous or whatever and then like she starts you know like any misogynist like everything that's like sex and turns into murder it's like she laughs at him and of course he can't stand it right. and so he goes and he's like he films everything that goes on his bedroom um anyway oh and so he, like mur- he murders her uh strangles her and it's it's on film and um so then he inserts himself into the murder investigation uh, and th- and films a movie about the murder. So kind of like a cinema verite sort of, or like a re uh, a reenactment or a whatever, you know? And, and he's kind of like a director that was like hot shit. And then he was sort of went over budget. So he's kind of like waning, but he's still got some buzz. So anyway, um, so he's like a semi big deal. So he can kind of like get in with like the cops and kind of like lead them astray mm-hmm. or whatever and get them like um, their attention diverted. Like, Oh, what about her husband or, you know, or a strange husband or whatever. And he's like pulling the strings on the husband too. And anyway, um, so he wants to, basically he's doing all this so he can make the film. So at the, he can put the actual murder, scene of like him actually killing her at the end of the movie or within the movie or whatever because he's like it's so real man it's real cinema you know that kind of shit um so he finds her doppelganger at a thrift store which I appreciated <laughs> um and uh so it's also played by Zoe Lund And, oh, I will say when she is like the wannabe actress at the beginning. So basically she's like at a a strip show and she's like goes up to finds his apartment. She's like, oh, I'm an actress, you know. Anyway, she has like a wild southern accent, which is obviously overdubbed by someone else. But it's kind of weird to overdub something like maybe she wasn't doing a great job, but to overdub it with someone doing an equally bad job is strange. (laughs) Anyway, but she has a normal accent um, as the doppelganger. Um, anyway, and so he sort of like retro engineers like the sets and the the plot so he can insert that final shot. So it's like they're like, why is this room like this? And why is it and he's like, oh, you know for atmosphere or whatever you know oh he ask a question like, like I guess they don't know what his bedroom looks like, but he's like, "Yep, this is just a great looking room, you know, red walls and whatever." I <laughs>
1: think the interior design
0: is really good, <laughs> and they're like, "No, it looks like a fucking sleazy rapist bedroom." And he's like, "Anyway," um, so and. <laughs> I, sh- I don't know. I'm just thinking I should probably watch fewer movies where women are getting violently murdered. I was like, why do I keep going to that? Well, but I just love like see me sleeping <laughs> to yeah. so much. It's so it's twisted. I know. Um, so Larry Cohen directed other schlocky. I don't know if hits is the word, but other schlocky movies such as The Stuff and Cue the Winged Serpent. And he, oh yeah, he wrote uh, Sidney Lamette's thriller, Guilty as Sin, which I've mentioned before. It has like a completely wild ending, um, which, anyway, so I was like, oh, that makes a lot more sense now. Um, but yeah, it's, not, I'm trying to think, I feel like it was available on Hulu. I don't know if it was through HBO or if it was just Hulu, but it's around. Um, yeah, so if you like that kind of sleazy sort of vibe schlock- I mean, not schlocky exactly but you know it's definitely it's not,
1: but yeah i know it's not tr- like horror
0: but it's it's definitely a certain type of thriller that's you yeah. know a guilty pleasure
1: <laughs> if you like any a thrillers from like all time up through the 90s there's gonna be a woman violently murdered in it <laughs> yeah. generally like at some point yeah. maybe it's not the yeah. primary murder but like yeah. oh some some dame <laughs> is getting it. Like that's just Some Daffy Dame. Yeah. Some Daffy Dame is getting done in. Yeah. It,
0: it, uh, it's got great sets. And like, you know, again, <laughs> like because he's retro engineering them to be in the film. Um, but yeah, so it's uh yeah, it's definitely worth a watch if you're into that kind of thing. And I feel like there's something else I was gonna say. Um anyway, yeah, I don't know. Sorry, get nothing else. But yeah, check it out. It's it's around.
1: It's it's around.
0: It's around town.
1: Well, I guess if you want to go for like some kind of horrible third wave, like women can be totally like dead-eyed narcissist like sociopath too then my next movie could work for you oh
0: yeah i just realized um, i didn't even go to the scam of
1: it all it was pretty apparent right he's scamming yeah. everyone it's he's oh, scamming it's okay like, sorry oh, i was like i know there's
0: something else i was supposed to talk about like oh yeah scams sorry so that's scam. Scam. the scam your... is like oh it's a film but actually it's a it's like i just want to put my disgusting murder and blah, blah, blah. anyway you get it sorry i was like yeah that was it it (laughs)
1: sorry go ahead so narcissistic stay on theme yeah sorry Um, sorry so this is the only documentary that it that i picked and it's called the woman who wasn't there timely because i don't know if this will come out before (laughs) uh 9-11 but it is about a woman who went by the name tanya head uh and she put herself forward as like the ultimate 9-11 survivor she basically was like I have a friend who would call these type of people a topper. Like no matter what you have, they have to top you. Uh, They have to. So someone would say I was pulled from the burning rubble um, world trade center. And she'd be like, well, I was carried through like (laughs) 10 floors. literally, literally she's like, I was carried down 10 floors, smoking rubble. um, And my arm almost was detached. And all of it is a lie. She was not there. She is a, I mean, it's not, um, it's, it comes out, pre- I'm not spoiling it. It's yeah, a yeah, true no, you, story. Yeah. And also in the movie pretty quickly, it's like, oh, this was fake.
0: Listen, Adam, I was going to say, I watched it last night. I forgot to, oh, yeah, to yeah. yeah. yeah, So I could kind of, yeah. Um, I, I listened to a podcast about it, but I did watch it. It was like an hour long. So I was like, oh, that's yeah, easy.
1: <laughs> it's really easy. And it's not, I mean, I would not say the filmmaking is good on it, but the story, no. I mean, I'm intrigued yeah. by these type of people. Oh,
0: totally. Yeah.
1: It's just a fascinating tale of someone. Oh, and so on top of having this sob story and then being, <laughs> it's so wild. She also invented, there's a real person who died whose family's grieving. And she's like, oh, we were engaged and we had this whole love story and he like proposed and all this stuff. But now I'm a pretty little. good liar. She was a really Like you can't even liar. see her like look in her
0: mind. Like she was like, she was thinking about a memory. Yeah. I was like.
1: That was, that's good acting it's <laughs> good acting she really I mean but it's really wild to watch because there's a lot of um you know news footage from the time when she was had not been caught in her lie and she's just giving you the full rundown of this wonderful story yeah slash she's also giving you the full rundown of her 9-11 rescue story of again a real person who actually did rescue people oh yeah and the she's red like, bandana oh, he, guy yeah he rescued oh. me and it's all a lie no um she actually is such a weird scammer that she scammed her way to be like the head of this 9-11 survivor's fund that part of that movie was nuts right wild like she she basically like edged out other people who really were like these suffering people
0: plotting against them like oh so and so i mean they're not really they have suffered <sighs> enough, have they? Or
1: I don't know. Yes, literally that's- <laughs> like, they're, not they're
0: not a good fish- face for the organization, are they? Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. And it turns out that it was all, I mean, just fully invented. Like Ugh. the uh, one criticism I would have of it is that it doesn't really get into like why she decides to do this. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, she was really wealthy. Like, don't feel sorry for this person. Like, yeah. really don't. She like grew up very wealthy, very uh, privileged, very coddled in Spain it was like getting her MBA when this was all going on. And I guess she maybe just was like on the message boards of these people yeah. and that's taking notes kind of furiously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's a fascinating character type because it is definitely, I don't know if like compulsive lying actually is still in the DSM, whatever, but mm-hmm. you know, there are people that are being interviewed that were in this survivor's group and they would say things like, she would lie about anything she lied about having a dog for example she would say oh i have a dog and like, then people would be like yeah, i so want to they're see they're your like, dog why <laughs> yes just lying about anything but it is i mean it's bold the amount yeah like the level to which she took it is intense um yeah i'm
0: fascinated by stuff like that yeah uh, especially like people that want to like i want attention specifically like. There's a certain type like of like social attention of like, yeah, I want people to pity me and think I'm really brave for like, yeah. you know, surviving and like, oh, you were there at this huge moment in history and like, yeah. And you're like, I don't know, siphoning or I don't know what the word is like. You're a grief vampire, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. You're like being around all these people that are truly suffering and like traumatized and
1: and it's kind of I it mean, sounded like she was
0: minimizing their, their shit. She's like, cause yeah, my stuff was worse.
1: That is the part that's so wild is it's just, it's kind of um, wild to watch these people talk about their actual things that they went through that were really, I mean, scarring for life. (laughs) You would just be like, that was nothing compared to what I went through. in this made up story that I have anyway, it's a journey into, (laughs) you know, but I, I really dislike, I think I've said this. I really dislike a true crime when it's about murder. I I have a whole thing about that. But this is like a scammer where I'm like, well, she was just scamming money from there's a whole and look, there's a whole (laughs) victim industrial complex related to big disasters of people like this. And, you know, there actually was a recent story. I'm trying to think of whether it was in Vice or something like that about like the 9-11 Museum, which itself feels like a weird it's just it's it it draws scammers let's just say yeah, yeah. so it's not totally mm-hmm. surprising they're
0: following um, the money
1: and yeah the yeah, money is pouring in. yeah and who wants to be like i'm sorry what that sounds fake because even the other survivors are like yeah. oh i don't want to question her um, yeah and so it just there's no questioning of somebody's stories until the new york times gets, yeah, uh, gets on your case. <laughs> yeah
0: um, and I liked the end. I mean, this isn't really a spoiler, but yeah, the end, where it was like, and then, because it was made in what, like 2012 yeah. or something. And then it was like 2014. And it's like, it almost was like a Jaws, like, dun, 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 like we found her on the streets. And can you imagine? Like, she's just walking around. Like, I can't, I think it was around September 11th of that year. Like, why oh, yeah. would you, wasn't it or something? It was like, why are you nosing around, you know, whatever, near an anniversary Ugh, oh my god.
1: But then also, why would you stay around the city that you I don't know, that's bold. She's a bold yeah. person. And I I mean, I think she there were some biographical details, but it's like, oh poor little rich girl, like you don't really yeah. feel bad. It's 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 an interesting watch. And so anyway, just that kind of a isn't it a true crime, but it's just a story and a, a peek into a mind of a really good liar, but they're not murdering people. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's I think
0: that's the the freshest. <laughs> like true crime uh, stories that we're wanting to hear it's like does someone have like does someone have to get violently murdered can't there just yeah. be like a a fun little
1: scam that i follow right. and it's yeah uh, related to the woman who wasn't there um it, that i did think to myself watching it that i was like oh it was easier to scam on this stuff and it was more likely you would not get caught in the early 2000s because people were not so good at finding you didn't have quite the same digital trail of your life where it would be easily disprovable. Um, it was easier to say, no, we definitely, I had, I really did have this relationship and I did work for Merrill Lynch where as now people would look up your LinkedIn and they would look yeah, up, yeah, immediately, you know, whatever, like, no. that's not true. So back then it was easier to and I always think about this. I mean, obviously everyone is about, you know, thinks about Mad Men or something like that, but there's a lot of Dawn Drapers out there. People were changing their identities all the time before <laughs> the 21st century. That's my thought. Probably more than we know.
0: Um, speaking of government scam sort of stuff. Um, so my last pick is Capricorn one, uh, 1977 directed by Peter Hyams, and I, I think we kind of texted about this. Like I had the impression and sorry, if this isn't like the deepest cut because like I heard the title, you know, bounced around and I always assumed it was Elliot Gould in space. Um, so I, I think I can say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. I was just like, yeah, it's going to be Elliot Gould doing his thing in space. Um, I com- I was conflating it with, I think it's called like Saturn three. Um, maybe from around like 1980. Um That's all. It's a weird movie. Anyways, it's just kind of like a space disaster. I mean, disaster like uh, as far as a film, a fiasco kind of thing. Um, Anyway, so, but then I found out uh, what it was actually about and I immediately wanted to watch it. Um, So it's actually about uh, NASA faking a Mars landing and they kind of tell you right away, so it's not a spoiler. Um, So three astronauts played by James Brolin, Sam Waterston, and oj simpson <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> um so the director did not want to hire him i think that was like a studio oh. note thing so that was you know small consolation um so they are literally just like about to launch uh, it's being televised all that kind of stuff and then they are clandestinely pulled from the this like first man mission to mars at the last minute and then an unmanned rocket launches with like the whole world watching and the whole world is assuming, and the families of the guys and everything, uh, assuming the men are still on the space flight. And um, we're given a convoluted reason uh, by Hal Hallbrook, who is a delight to see. Um, so we're given this convoluted reason um, by like Hal Hallbrook, who plays a NASA director. He like he kind of made this decision um, with not many people are in the loop of this decision. Um, so the astronauts are forced to hole up in a secret. Soundstage for months. And like the reason has something to do with like, we got to get people excited about the space program, but this was almost going to be canceled because you know, budget stuff. But then um, you know, we realized you guys didn't have enough food or oxygen or something. You know what I mean? It was just like, mm-hmm. but it was too late and whatever. Anyways, so um, these guys are uh, forced to hold up in a secret soundstage for months and make these like fake videos and broadcasts for the public and their families. Um, because I guess I didn't think about like, oh yeah, mission to Mars wouldn't just be like a weekend or a week or whatever, like, you know, moon thing. Um, so it was like months. Um, and then, uh, but this government conspiracy hinges on the shuttle safe return to earth. (gasps) So it's like, uh oh, what's going to happen if something happens, you know, to the rocket or or whatever it's called the shuttle (laughs) or whatever. Um, so an unlikely, uh, well, I'll just say like a a reporter that's sort of like meant to be, I don't know, like, I'm trying to think the likability scale of Elliot Gould in this as a reporter. Anyways, he's kind of a a putz or something. Anyways, this reporter played by Elliot Gould uh, has a hunch that something is up. And so he kind of goes snooping around. Um, And there's a... um, a highlight for me was Karen Black plays sort of like mm. another reporter. They have a little bit of a, a girl with his girl Friday kind of screwball mm-hmm. repartee a little bit. It's far too brief. It's only like two scenes and it's, it's really nice and snappy. Um, so Peter Himes directed a lot of thrillers and other space movies, such as uh, the remake, the remake of narrow margin with beloved uh, Gene Hackman, 2010, uh, the year we make contact, which I've never seen in, Maybe it's good. I don't know. Um, and the raucous 70s, uh, 70s movie called Busting with Elliot Gould and Robert Blake. So we're talking two oh. murderers in two Peter Himes, Elliot Gould movies. I just thought that was nuts. Uh, weird.
1: So, yeah. Interesting.
0: Like, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, it is. It's like that perfect. Like, I, will, I like there's like a bit more to the story as I'm trying to, you know, with, you know, kind of a thriller sort of thing. I like to keep it open ended. So you're having fun. Uh finding out what happens um so yeah it's like i love those 70s government conspiracy movies kind of all the president's men and um three days of the condor and stuff like that so parallax um, view that one's only okay yeah but Mm -hmm. yeah no definitely that kind of thing so um it was yeah it was a lot of fun and i think i can't remember exactly where i found it but i think it was like it may have been canopy it was around i think it was pretty easy to find prime or something like that i think it is
1: because i had i've been wanting to watch that but as they were texting i was like oh i thought I thought this was about Elliot Gould, yeah. big name and lights. Cause we're, yeah. we're a, we're Gould gang on this
0: podcast. <laughs> in the, the golden Gould, years. <laughs>
1: yeah. So it's like, it is, do you think that one of the inspirations was kind of, this has got to be one of the most common conspiracies as people think the moon landing was faked, mm-hmm. right? Like, do you think it's based yeah. on that kind of?
0: Oh yeah. I'm sure. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of weird to think about there already being the conspiracy uh, in what would it be like eight years or something? I'm trying to yeah. think. Seventy-seven, yeah, like yeah, less than a decade after, like that. Yeah,
1: I mean, but it's just but like back, back post Nixon era. I feel like that's mm-hmm. where you get the peak of all the paranoia. Yeah, kind
0: of movies. Um, Yeah, I think about nowadays being more conspiracy heavy. <laughs> I feel like anyway. Wow. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. but yeah, I don't know if in the late '70s, I'm not really sure. I'm I'm sure that was like being tossed around as a is a thing. So I'm sure it's based on that. Or did the idea come about because of this? You know what I mean? Oh, is it one of yeah. those it's actually the, you know, the opposite of what you the, think. Uh, the flip it, side. Yeah. It originated because they're like, you know, it'd be a fun idea for a movie. And then everyone's like, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're trying to tell us, man. Well, it's time for a bait and pitch does that sorry I was really trying <laughs> to to anything were in that pun bait and switch pitch all right here we are so for this round um we're doing what I am forcing us to call a fanfic pitch because we usually do living actors in their current state yeah. of
1: age I don't know whatever like so it would this, have to be made technically be yeah, able to be made yeah exactly. usually
0: so I was like, let's have fun with it. And let's just like any actor of any, you know, time of in like any um, time in their life, you know, uh, and if we're like, let's have this like be pulled from the vault. Oh, this was made in 19, whatever, you know, that kind of thing. So basically no limitations, pretty much as far as actors go. So, um, I'm leading this time and I usually try to find a, oh yeah, sorry. And we each bring two disparate ele- surprise elements, uh, and we, you know, blend them together, trying to make a, f- a film of it that, you know, sounds fun. So, um, and I'll usually try to find a title along the way that, uh, could be a working title. Something I, just, I don't know, I think is interesting. So this, uh, this is neither here nor there, but I kind of love, hate this. So anyway, the. The linguini incident from 1991 (laughs) full disclosure. I was, when I was looking this up, I was like, I had ordered pasta to pick up. And so I was like, Ooh, linguini! That sounds so good. Mm. (laughs) And so I was like, sounds delicious. Um, so one of my favorite actors, like, especially like, uh, kind of with scam movies, but like any thriller suspense movie that has that stars Roy Scheider. I am on board. Usually. Uh, I love him. Uh, he's charming and he's got like the body of a cat burglar. Like he's just made to like wear a turtleneck and like, you know, cigarette pants. Um, so, you know, he's from like jaws and marathon man and, um, all that jazz and stuff. Uh, so I'm pitching actor Roy Scheider in oh, the Linguini okay. incident, uh, and a Roy Scheider, I'm trying to think of what era, I mean, you know, late seventies kind of, yeah. you know, um, all that jazz era, all that right? jazz kind of. era. Yeah. Um, And so um, there were so many scam ideas. I had to narrow it down because there's a lot lot of good ideas out there. But um, I've recently been made aware of, um, and I can't believe, I'm actually shocked that I didn't know this, that rich people, and this could also be like, it's own conspiracy theory, like maybe this isn't true, but that rich people, like, you know, not only buy obviously like expensive art and jewels and whatever, um, as you'd imagine, but they also, I guess are so paranoid about their, you know, those items being stolen that they will hire like forgers and like whatever counterfeiters to make replicas of said paintings and jewels and whatever to like display in public. So like in their house, they might actually display like a fake Rembrandt or whatever the oh. fuck. I don't know, whatever. Um, and like their jewels will be like fake jewels. So they'll have like the real stuff in the vault. But then, the, you know, so it's like, I bought this thing, it's real, quote unquote, spent millions on it. Then I spend however much for a forgery to be made and I'm paying for the forgery. And so the other, so it's like, I'm living my life, enjoying myself in these like forgery thing whatever, uh, and getting the, the still the, the clout from people coming over and like, going, oh my God, look at this and that, whatever. And then, but then knowing that the real thing, you do own it, it's just in a vault somewhere. Um, gathering dust. Um, I just think that's very strange and could be really interesting. Yeah. And so, um, I was thinking maybe Roy Scheider is like, um, either I mean he, I think he's like, um, what do I say? Like the liaison with these like rich people to be like, okay, you know, like I'm I'm the master forger or whatever, or I'm the lia- I'm like this is my business is just to make fakes for people until like, I get them in touch with you know, these, these forgers. Um, and so there's that, but then maybe also, cause again, live as a cat burglar, he is, um, maybe he could also be stealing the real things or switching it. There's gotta be a lot of switcheroos, you know, whatever. Yeah. So um, that's, that's my, that's my pitch. What, what do you got? I don't know with Linguini that's just a, you know, yeah. You have to be involved, maybe it's happening in Italy. I don't know.
1: Anyway, that mm-hmm. is so interesting. That really starts to call to mind stuff about, rep, you know, the representative, like a representative and then the represented object and just like, I don't know the signifier. Yeah. It's like, i it just, it's a very fascinating. There are these strange hoarding dragons that have their jewels <laughs> walked yeah. away, but then they're just living it up with the representation. Like the
0: rest of, the thing. of us. It's like, you yeah. think you're better than us and you're wearing the fakes too. It's like, just yeah, that you it's, know that the real thing is in your possession. Like the eyesore sword is like, you
1: know, very strange. Uh, it curdles yeah. you. Wealth curdles you. It corrupts absolutely. <laughs> That's yeah. the message of this episode. <laughs> uh, so I do think we're talking about freaky, uptight, <laughs> rich people. Yeah. I do have an actress that would be perfect for this. Uh, so yes. Sandy Dennis, I love, I am a Sandy Dennis super fan, uh, but so you probably know her from, she won her Oscar for Who's, Afri- Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. She was the young wife. Um, yeah. Recently, then, w- I was going to say five, was it the five and dime
0: Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean? Is yep. she her, right? Yeah,
1: yep, okay. she is. She <laughs> is in that Altman movie. And then she's also in another Altman uh, that I watched for my movie club called That Cold Day in the Park from 1969. Yes. Oh, wow. It's, going back. Hmm. Uh, It's on canopy. I wholeheartedly recommend it. It's a gorgeous, tense, psychological thriller where she plays this kind of frigid aging heiress who Uh uh, sees this like young kind of itinerant guy in the park and uh, invites him in to stay from the rain and mm-hmm. it becomes this very intense, very weird scenario between. It the sounds two like of them. one of my
0: radar picks. That's so crazy. Okay, sorry. We'll come back to that. So, yeah, that idea later because I got something for that.
1: But she play. She can play this barely repressed kind of like I don't even know how to put it. It's just there's a lot of control and rage that she can mm. convey really beautifully. She passed away decades ago, I believe. But um, yeah she's incredible and I think she would be great as someone who is has hired him because she wants yeah. to control her objects mm-hmm. um yeah I know I feel like there could definitely be some
0: final twists like actually she's penniless and I don't know whatever there's gonna be yeah. something else there like the i mean there's gonna be something where like the real items are fake or something i mean obviously maybe that's the most i know thing, but so like, my
1: yeah. element was gonna be a switcheroo of some kind but oh, it sounds well, like you've already covered yeah. that so yeah, yeah.
0: no <laughs> no a fine yeah final twist the final switcheroo um and i'm not even saying i know what i think the final like and then the real uh you know art item should be which should see in a I don't even know a museum or something at the Should end. It like it that
1: she's like, actually a stand-in for the real wealthy person? Oh like, my she god! is an May.
0: you've me. blown my mind. I have <laughs> chills. You got me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was overwhelmed. That is so good. I'm shaking. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that is so good i love it oh you. that's
1: you know oh, I they can have a kind of psychosexual oh. thing
0: uh, going
1: right like that like, oh my where god Steiner sandy dennis can have that going on but then it's like
0: she's not even oh my she's a stand-in kind of like a so Saddam Hussein
1: having like a million different little. Yeah. really Oh my God. Where he's, we're like the actual person, whoever that woman may be, we probably don't yeah. even see her. It's like a marathon oh, yeah, scenario. Yeah. It's like, my life is too valuable to be shown oh. in the world. They've taken it to the extreme. Holy shit. That's so good. Yeah.
0: I don't yeah. even have anything else. I'm like, yep, that's the final twist. We've <laughs> done it. There's nothing else I need to know. Like, is there any kind of seduction thing? Maybe like maybe he's trying to like, oh, she's a widow or something. I mean, yeah. who knows? you know, whatever. I don't know. Maybe there's some other elements or maybe it is like a gaslighting thing. He's like, well, if I marry her, I'll get those jewels right. or something. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm so into this. Like I'm can I'm just like,
1: I know. I, I think my her head. reveal has to be the big reveal of like, yeah, what which she, I'm not that sure she how. is the stand-in. She's the fake.
0: Oh my God. That's so good. I'm so- <laughs> like sorry I'm like howling at the moon I love it um yeah I I don't have anything else because I'm so heartbroken this doesn't exist I want to I know I want to write it immediately I wanted to pull it from the vault right now and watch it that sounds so good I do too well in Mm. the
1: meantime that cold day in the park is on canopy I think it's totally underappreciated Altman it's very weird it's in the same vibe it's kind of the same era that he made images so it's a and three women you know it's a It's an interesting one. And she plays, it's not a fake situation, but it's like, didn't see that coming. Let's just put it that way. Wow.
0: I will definitely check that out. well it's time for radar discussion uh talk about what we've been seeing uh we want to see things to avoid (laughs) um so uh i'll just dive right in uh so another alan moyle uh movie is new waterford girl i'd like to see that this is like a wish list (laughs) you know i have have not seen a new waterford girl um 1999 uh actually yeah i don't even know anything about it i was just like oh you know Uh, that'll be something to check out um uh another peter peter movie i have seen um outland from 1980 sean connery as a blue collar worker in space undercover uh that uncovers a conspiracy um i think i think that's what is going on um so that's a really fun movie also has the vibes of um kind of the vibes of capricorn one space wise i almost talked about like one of my main movies um was going to be Incognito from 1997, uh, John Badham. Um, It's about Jason Patrick as an art forger who's commissioned to forge a lost Rembrandt of all things. And so it just it was like kind of fun, but not really. I don't know. Um, mm. I'm finally realizing that Jason Patrick. I think that's his name, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, is he's not fun to watch for me i don't know he's like is he a good actor i don't think so he's like in lost boys and i don't even know what else anyway so i was like i actually don't love him um uh, but erin Jacob, a uh, french actor is in it she's great um and obviously there's a lot of a, a scam element to it but it was it was so so i don't know um it's like you know 90s art forgery maybe it's fun it was on prime i was trying to shoehorn in edward yang's the terrorizers i finally watched it Mm. but i was like oh maybe i I don't even talk about it right now because like maybe i'll save it for something else but it it had some elements
1: that could work like we said there's a there's a kind of like a real scamp of a character oh
0: yeah yeah he's always got a little like true crime a little something it's like when i think about his movies i don't think about that but i was like there's always like some sort of element of like suspense or something or yeah keeps up on you yeah Um, Okay, speaking of a movie where someone's like, oh, it's coming from the rain, you know, (laughs) like a a warm yourself by the fire kind of thing. I watched Death Game from 1977. So um, it's about like two insane women who terrorize a man in his own home, which normally I would be all about. Um, But it was a goddamn mess. (laughs) Um, So it had like three really good actors. It was like Seymour Cassell, like Cassavetti's, you know, fame, Rushmore and stuff. Colleen Camp. From Clue, and they all laughed the Bogdanovich movie, um, and Sandra Locke, of course, the uh, director of Rat Boy. um <laughs> and, we forget
1: our dear, yeah, Rat yeah. Boy.
0: <laughs> so you know you get triple threat there. Um, it was originally shot in '74, but like shelved or whatever until '77. And apparently it was, like, hell on set. Like, the director changed last minute or something. I can't remember all the trivia I read, but it was basically, like, there was just, like, the the director sucked. He was just, like, I don't know. Anyways, it was hell, apparently. Um, And, like I said, I'm generally, I'm usually fine with, like, women taking the run of a household like that at at the man's expense, you know, and having, like, a sumptuous feast. Like, raiding his fridge, drinking his port, and, and having, you know, the time of their life, like, trying on his wife's clothes and stuff. But, like this is something I don't know if we've, I think we've surely gotten into like, I, okay. So if you like, say you have a feast, like say you got two women and they're all like, ha And they're laughing, you know, he's tied up in a chair and they're, um, anyway, so like pulling stuff from the fridge, they've like made this banquet or whatever. And they are like, not even like just chewing normally. They are shoving it in their mouths, drinking wine where it's like falling down their chest. And like, just like, I, it was making me insane. Like I got a physical <laughs> headache because they were just slopping stuff. And then I don't know, like I was like, God, just like chew and then talk. And then you can like <laughs> chastise them or whatever. And it also was that thing where <sighs> this is another thing where in movies, when they say a character's name with like every sentence, every sentence of dialogue. So they're like, um, I think I read oh, down some yeah. of the lines or what I, I assumed were some of the lines Um, like, Don't you like me, George? George, I fit into your wife's nightgown. You're trying to get rid of us, George. It was like, George, George, like literally every sentence. And I was just like, I want there to be some sort of like countdown or some sort of piece of trivia, like when uh, Interstellar, when he says his daughter's name, Murph, like 300 times or something. I wanted someone to like count them because, oh my God, it was a lot. Anyway, sorry to go off the rails on that, but I was like, um, oh yeah. And then also I've read these down, but I was looking up Colleen Camp's um, filmography. And she was like, I think something like she was in the movie, like death game, deadly games and game of death all within like wow. five years of each other. And I was like, what? That's crazy. <laughs> so Wild. anyway, um, but yeah, it's on, I mean, if you want to watch it, it's like, there's some fun outfits. Um, and, and you know, like, again, there's, there's some fun energy in there, but it's, oh yeah. And Seymour Cassell was like, so not into the movie and the whole thing <gasps> that he, um, wouldn't come back in for the, uh, what's it called? ADR, the, you know, the dialogue, you know, the oh, overdubbing yeah. or whatever. So they have someone doing fully like a different voice, like another actor Whoa. doing every line of dialogue. And it sounds <laughs> like exactly how you would think. Um, <laughs> so it's very distracting. And, um, yeah. And so of course they like torture him to death. I can't even remember how it ends, but, um, but yeah, so <laughs> I like made it through anyway, but I think it's on, um, I don't know. It's around. I mean, it was a little bit hard to find. It might've been on a canopy. I can't remember, but if you want to go there, if you want to put yourself through, hey. hell, go for it. Um, oh yeah. And then just, um, one more thing. I was going to say, we've talked about school or you mentioned school days uh, by Spike Lee before. So I finally watched it. And I just want to say like that musical number, like in the hair salon, Why have I not been hearing about that every day of my life? I know, huge. Anyway, that was all. It was just like, I mean, it was a great movie. Um, but that that salon kind of musical number was, it was amazing. It was so good. So yeah, check that out. I think it was. It's probably a canopy. But yeah, how about you? Sorry, I just (laughs) just like screaming about that movie. Sorry.
1: (laughs) What do I want to talk about? I have been letting Mubi pick some things for me, which I love. Oh, yeah. I choice. just love when you're like, if you like, you know, it's like a work night and you're just like, I don't want to go through all the things. Yeah. You just let them select for you. So they've got a little uh, selection of Guillaume Brock films. Uh, he's a contemporary French director. We watched All Hands on Deck recently and essentially... It is just, I know you're a Romer fan and let me tell you, if you like a Romer fan, this guy has the vibe. So it's basically this guy meets a girl, uh, goes dancing with her and then decides to surprise her on vacation. And he drags his friend and then their car share driver into it. And they just go to surprise her in this vacation town. And it's just like the perfect late summer, like lived in Mm. vacation movie that I super recommend uh, again on Mubi. I also watched a couple folk horror type films because uh, I've mentioned this podcast on the last episode, but if you're not listening to live at the death factory, you actually really <laughs> should listen to it. It's a fair podcast. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have a little parasocial relationship with the host. I'm <laughs> like, Oh my friends, like I can't wait for them to update me on you know, what they've been watching, but they did an episode on uh Penda's fen, which is a 74 Alan Clark movie. That is, actually like it's legitimately good it's not just like a horror and mm. kind a of film about uh this kid that thinks he's some kind of conservative Thatcherite, like pre-thatcherite thatcherite uh yeah. christian but actually there's this whole pagan past that he's done with his sexuality and it's just it kind of blows you away oh, wow. uh, that's on youtube and then i also watched uh robin redbreast which i've had on my watch list a long time it's like one of those BBC plays for today teleplays where a woman who, by the way, is supposed to kind of be like aging, but she's fully my age. And like, Oh, well I'm dealing with a lot of that kind of yeah. uh, right now. She, she goes to this like country house in this village to kind of take refuge after a breakup. And then it feels like these villagers are setting her up for this very weird relationship and follow through I don't want to spoil too much it is on YouTube uh 1970 James McTaggart I highly recommend it because it's like it's like so much creepier horror is so much creepier when it's just played like downplayed it's just it's Mm -hmm. low-key but it's so creepy and
0: feeds into our
1: like fears we already have or or whatever yeah. yeah um I also, I've wanted to watch sitcom for a really long time. It's the Francois Ozon movie from 1998. It's on, it is on Canopy. And um, I'll just read the description for you real quick. Uh, Do, never heard of it. The adventures of an upper-class suburban family abruptly confronted with the younger brother's discovery of his homosexuality, the elder sister's suicide attempt and sadomasochist tendencies, and the intrusion of a very free-spirited maid and her husband, and it all started with the arrival in the family of an innocent looking rat. <laughs> oh, Hey, it's, uh, you know, it's so interesting because I was looking at reviews on Letterboxd for it. And I kind of think the people that watched it didn't get it. Mm. But if you get it, you get it. Hey, uh-huh. you know, so yeah. just, it's a real, um, it's a real, the family produced its own grave diggers kind of movie. So all I right. enjoyed that quite a bit. Huh. And then there's just like a ton of charismaki. I want people to know on uh, mm-hmm. criterion right now they've got like so many of his films yeah so that is something that you can enjoy and then just watched just this very last night uh <laughs> a flick is that how you say it yeah the uh Jean-Pierre Melville movie mm-hmm. starring like us it's like Alan Dillon is like not that much older in this than he is in swimming pool but he they make him look very haggard oh, yeah. and um i mean it's enjoyable i it's love Melville, like, so i'm a captive it's, audience it's, so I'm like, it's I love, vibes yeah. i guess i just think it's heavy on vibes but like the content is not like the oh. plot is not i'm as, sure yeah. but the look of it if yeah. you like charismanke like it's definitely to watch like it just pick any Cars mocking movie, and then you're like watching any Melville movie, and you're like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. like there's a like the vibes are very similar. Yeah, but yeah. It's not if you're looking for like sexy Alan Delon, not as sexy. he's not looking so- very like kind of sallow. Like <laughs> sallow yeah, Sandra yeah, under his eyes That's exactly what I was gonna say. I'm like how Fashion. did they make him? Like how did they even make him look bad? This is kind of I <laughs> know that's that's <laughs> a that's, that's a yeah that's a, a I agree. Um, that's what I've been watching. And do I have anything on my watch list that I really am looking forward to? I will just pipe in. And
0: I know that <laughs> you're always like um, advertising, like the legitimate channels of like, oh, if you can't find something, you know, a library. And of course I, I agree. But also um, I feel like I found a lot of like really good quality transfers. Again, I don't know the Whatever legality, on like I think it's like Russian YouTube, which I know automatically sounds <laughs> fake and wrong, but I swear. I mean, it was just like that's like their version of YouTube, and um, it's like OK or something. And I swear, like all these like old like 30s 40s movies, all these like horror films that are like like I've been always looking for like heavy metal horror t- type of stuff. They just I don't know. It runs the gamut. So I'm just saying, if you I i'm mean, okay, I won't tell you when to click through a thing that might be shady, but I'm just saying. It exists. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. I've found like a shocking amount of really good quality. You have to dig to make sure it doesn't have like Russian overdubbing, but still. uh, Yeah. I've been like going to town with bookmarks on like, oh, yep. And that and uh, yeah. Especially deep cuts too.
1: Anyway, I'm just saying. I'll check it out because I've got some, I've got quite a few things. It's not like a torrent thing or anything. It's literally just like YouTube. Yeah. It's it's like on, it's web based. You're not having to download. Yeah. You don't have to go to any crazy thing. Yeah. I've got a number of things that are sort of seventies films that I'm not really sure where to find. So maybe I'll take it. Honestly, you know? Yeah. Uh,
0: (laughs) I mean, and and it could be one of those things kind of like regular YouTube where, and then it disappears immediately or whatever, you know, like it's there and then it's gone. But, um, but yeah, I, I am like in heaven. Like I've, I'm, I feel like, I was just, you know, I mentioned like I have been only watching like TV and stuff for the last like, year and a half and I've been kind of bummed about it. And then I feel like I'm been born anew with all these, like, you know, finding all these things on oh, there that I've been wanting like to find for ages, you know, and so I am yeah. rejuvenated. Well,
1: thank you for joining us. Uh, we realized that this is not super regular, but we're glad that you can tune in when we are able to. Uh, hope that you are all well and hey man we're just doing the best we can in this, Hanging in there yep in this chaotic universe so you can uh, subscribe to keep up with us we're on spotify and apple Podcasts and stitcher and you can follow us on twitter at storyboard underscore pod or on instagram at mm, storyboard podcast maybe <laughs> and we try to, yeah, you we know. try to, we're, we're checking in. But if you <laughs> send us a... messages, we can, we'll yeah, find yeah, yeah. Them. we'll see that. We'll get our turned on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you have a favorite scam movie, oh, you yeah. just let us know because I do love. I'll do watch love that scam. any old time. Yeah. yeah totally. Doesn't have to be <laughs> for homework, you know, reason. <laughs> yes. And otherwise, uh, talk to you next time.
0: Wait, child's play, right? He's like the serial. Speaking of serial killers possessing things,
1: yeah, he is. Like, okay, that's and then he kind of got typecast. I think it's like a psycho.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, if the is- crazy eyeballs fit. I- <laughs>